I'm Annie Fox. And I'm Laurel Pinson. And this is Workwives, conversations at your desk with the woman who knows you best. So today's episode is about getting fired or quitting a job. Basically getting out of a job in a way that's maybe less than exemplary. Um, Tragically, neither Annie nor I have a good story to that effect. There was one time in college where I quit a retail job with a tape recorder in my pocket. To record the quitting? Yeah. So you could play it back for yourself later? So Yeah, so I could play it back for my mate later. (laughs) Tragically, I mean, we we had this discussion already. We realized neither of us had good good stories. And so, so our mission then was to find somebody who did. Um, and as it turns out, the person who has a really great story sits about six feet away from the two of us. I mean, I, I have to say, if I if you weren't my work wife, you'd be my work wife. I Thank know. You. It's mostly proximity. So you, Kim, oh, well, Kimberly Fasaro, everybody. Who you may recall from such episodes as Really Big Rings. Ah, <laughs> oh, jeez. Any fucks really, out. Really Big Rings. Um, and now you're back with a different kind of tale. Kim. Yes. Tell us your tale. I was fired from Dunkin' Donuts. Which is awesome. I'm like, First of all, tell us about working at Dunkin' Donuts. It wasn't a job I wanted. My mom decided I needed a job to save up for a car. Okay. And so she knew someone who knew someone who knew the manager at Dunkin' Donuts. So I didn't even (laughs) earn the job. (laughs) Nepotism. Full nepotism. Got a job I didn't really want. And I was there for a week. Wow. And I ate a lot of donuts. Because, of course, it's Dunkin' Donuts. They're delicious. I think it was two per shift you were supposed to eat. But you get, you're allowed to eat them? Like in the back room, yeah. Oh, shit. But I probably ate upwards of a dozen per shift. Yeah. Oh, my. So after a week, I thought I was, like, in a good groove and knowing the donuts. And I called <laughs> to see when I was on the schedule. Like, that's what you did. You called the next week. Or you called to see your your upcoming schedule said. So had it. you even done this once yet since you'd already been on the job? No, it was my first job? time calling in to say, oh. hey, when am I on the schedule next week? And they said, actually, you're not. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And they said, yeah, we just don't think you're getting the donuts. <sighs> you're getting l- the donuts? Which I, like, I don't get a lot of things, but donuts, I get. What was your response? I mean, I was 14. I was like, okay. <gasps> you were 14? Oh, yeah. Papa. Oh, that's fucking way harsh, Ty. I was like, okay, thank you. Did you pretend oh. to have the job still for a period of time so your mom would leave you alone? No, no, she had to know right away because she was driving me to the job. Yeah, of course. Oh. What was her advice off the back of your breakup with Duncan? I don't remember how it went down. I got another job shortly thereafter that I was at for several years, actually. Oh, really? What did you step into next? We have a local, like a small town grocery store, and in the summers, the corn is handled outside. Ooh. And so I manned the corn station outside. Wow. So, so you got the corn. Yeah. The corn I got. Just maybe not the donuts. I mean, I don't want to be the one to say it. But if you didn't know you were straight at that point. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever considered going back to get employed there and just try to rectify that situation? I haven't. But the person who got me the job, the friend of a friend of a friend, I later ended up dating her brother. And I always wanted to be like, what was the problem? Oh, to find out like to why find you out got, like why why you got booted but I never from... had the balls because I was only sixteen at that point. So, okay, as established, he's not he's not a passionate work wives listener. That's why he had no sympathy for you. <laughs> You're like, but I host a podcast. 
What a fool. What a fool. Um, as established, we don't have great firing stories. We, we heard Kim's. It was pretty good. Which means that there's probably a few more hiding out on the floor. I feel like you just don't get the donuts is going to be my <laughs> go to. Um, okay, so in order to recreate as closely as possible the feeling of being fired or quitting, <laughs> we've decided to hold interviews um, here on the 30th floor right next to our desks. In this sort of sequestered corner, really so between our two desks. It's like basically it's a cubicle. cubicle, but we're a little remote. That's true. Um, so in a second, we're going to invite some of our co-workers up to our desk area mm-hmm. to tell us tales of being fired or quitting in some spectacular fashion. And hopefully what they've learned since. I mean, okay. if anything, other than just don't work there anymore, I guess. So first up is the inimitable Abby McCoy. Um, hello. <laughs> hello. Uh, our associate managing editor who who has a very – a couple – you have two stories actually, right? I have two stories. Uh, I think I will only be sharing one of them with you. Okay. <laughs> the other is not safe for in, – NS. FP, not safe for podcast. Hit me. All right. So uh, right before I came to Condé Nast, Glamour, um, four years ago, I had um, what I would definitely call a very bad job, um, which was working at a blog, um, which I will not name, and uh, specifically working for um, a person who was very difficult. Um, And as part of this job, working at this blog, because it was not really even a startup anymore, but like to think of itself as one, I had to use my personal computer every day. So, you know, I was bringing my very heavy laptop back and forth every day. So I, uh, you know, it was it was any other day except that I had an offer from Condé Nast um, on the only device that I had that could hold a, an offer letter, a digital offer letter, which was my personal computer, which was also my work computer, sadly, again. And uh, and it happened to be the day that the tech guy came in. Um, and The plot thickens. <laughs> and my boss was having him work on her computer, but in, in an odd turn of events, she decided to be nice to me, and she said to the tech guy when he was finished with her computer or was waiting for an update, to install, oh, Abby's been having some problems with her computer, which she only knew because I was complaining about my computer because I resented having to bring my personal computer every day. Um, so just to set the stage here, so we're, we're there are three of us now. It's me, my boss, and the tech guy, and we're all three looking at my computer gathered around my laptop. This and is making me so anxious. Like, I just have to say my stomach is, like, kind of in knots right now. <laughs> and I had, I had, I thought that I had, you know, clicked X, not minimize, on my offer letter. You can see where this is going. And, uh, and, and that, you know, be, beyond that, I also was not expecting to be ambushed at my personal computer by the tech guy and my boss. So whatever, maybe I had only minimized it, but I thought that was sufficient. So... <laughs> Of course, the first thing that happens while we're all gathered around the computer screen is that he clicks some series of buttons that cause all of the windows to go out to the sides of the screen and then manages, when he moves them all back, 
to reshuffle them so that my offer letter is right there front and center, the only thing you can see on the screen. Big red Condé Nast letters up at the top. <laughs> I mean, let, let's be clear. At least it was an offer letter. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. It's not sort of like a... You know, so I see you're interested in this, but tell me more. You know, it's like, no, you're there. I could have been in a much less secure position when when something like this happened. Um, But, you know, it says my title. Congratulations, Abigail. We're so thrilled to have you on board. You know, here's your salary, everything. And it felt like it was up there for, you know, a half an hour. I'm sure it was only four or five seconds, Um, but it was truly traumatizing the next two hours we just sat in silence the tech guy was mortified he left to, under the guise of going to get lunch at four o'clock he just, it was, oh god that guy's just like how can i fade into the background more quickly yeah, it was it was a dark mood uh in the office um and my boss said so are you leaving me abby <laughs> the worst like like you're leaving like it's a like it's personal I just hate people who do that period but b that's so passive yeah yeah and so I said in so many words yes I am <laughs> peace and she said uh well that's great for you but what about me what? and then and then wouldn't really move on from that idea of well what am I supposed to do and my stance was obviously very I don't care, and it's not my problem. I mean, does the blog still exist, first and foremost? The blog does still exist. Um, It does. So do you check up on it? In the end, all of my email addresses, I have like six, um, were subscribed to their newsletter, their weekly newsletter. So I was getting constant weekly reminders of this job that I I really was very unhappy at. Um, But I knew because of knowing the ins and outs of that business, I knew that she checked religiously um, to see who the, who the subscribers were to the newsletter. And I mm. and I had a lot of anxiety for actually years about unsubscribing. So I slowly, you know, first year, first few months, I would unsubscribe, you know, two of my email addresses, you know, the ones maybe she didn't know about or couldn't trace to me. And then slowly, I now... Four years later, I I don't get the newsletter anymore. It is fascinating how, like, old jobs or old bosses can hold sway over your psyche, even, like, years after you've left. Like, like I hated working there. She was terrible to me. Like, I didn't like any of the things. But I couldn't – I mean, if she found out that I'd unsubscribed from the newsletter, like, what what would happen? Like, what's the worst thing that would happen? She'd be really pissed at you from afar. And yet I've been in the same position. I've done the exact same thing where it's like, well, listen, I just wouldn't want them to know that, like, I don't – don't subscribe anymore. That's just cruel. Like, is it cruel? Like, you don't work there anymore. What have you learned from that experience? And what would you do differently in other ones? I would never, I would never work for uh, a single person again. I would never, mm. I would never work at a company. And I'm using air quotes right now. Company um, that is run by such a small team, um, aka a team of one. Uh, just much, just much too tied to that person's moods. Mm. Um, and you've learned to X out your windows. Yeah. I could still be better at that, but. Good goals to have. Thanks, Abby. (laughs) Thanks so much. We have podcast regular Katie Drell with us, everybody. Hello, Drella. Hey. All right. So you have come to us with a good story about either quitting or getting fired. Which is it? It's quitting. 
And it's not my story to tell. So I'm going to keep it vague because it was a very good friend. This happened probably seven years ago. And to this day, I have never heard a better quitting story. Um, At least I find it very funny. So (laughs) my friend Chloe, she worked at a luxury, like, crafter of fine soaps. (laughs) Good one. Good one. I, I hesitate to say the name, so I will just leave it at that. And it was a very toxic work environment. Uh, it was a lot of girls who were in college who were very mean to each other, very snide, constantly sabotaging each other. She had a manager who just could not care less about any problems she had. And she was getting more and more fed up and realized that she was going to quit and was kind of waiting for a particularly righteous moment. And apparently one came and she throws a bar of soap down and says, you know what? I don't have to take this. I quit. Who's coming with me? And then all of the girls were very quiet. And then one of them said, just go. (laughs) And she did. The best part is that it's a fancy soap. Like, I don't know why to me the story is just made better by it being this, like, probably incredibly, you know, handcrafted, sweet-smelling soap. It just, just gets just thrown like, on the ground. Who's going with me? But I think everybody... Literally no one. Literally no one. I mean, everybody fantasizes about having, like, a Jerry Maguire-esque moment at your office, you know, where you just stand up and you're like, that's it. This is, you know, we're all getting... Who's coming with me? We're going to go... Get out of this place. And Who invariably. Who do you think would go with you? If you Jerry Maguire right now, don't look at me. Don't look at oh, me. I mean, I was going to say you. <laughs> like, that'd be it. But you'd probably just do it out of, like, just sheer, like, wanting. You'd probably be, like, going with me and, like, making eyes at all our bosses going, I'll be back tomorrow. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just trying just to make, make her feel better. better. Yeah. Call me. Call I'll call you. I'll call, call you. you. I'll call, call you. you. This isn't official. Joining us in our huddle corner is Emily Kemp. Hello, Emily. First time podcaster, first time caller. <laughs> Long Hello. time. Hi. Thanks for having me. So you have you have a either a firing or a quitting spectacularly story for us, correct? Yes. I quit. Hardcore quit. We're here for it. Okay. So I was like thirteen also. <laughs> like this was like my very first very first job I was like 13 and it was like a summer job and I was working as like a um a cashier girl and it was like a family-owned and operated business and there was like this older woman who was like the grandma grandmother of the whole she was like the matriarch of the family I guess and um one day I was doing my job and I think I'm a good worker at anything that I do, mom. And so she basically was like, you work like a piece of shit. She said those yeah. words? Yeah, something. I was, yeah. And I was just like, um, okay, uh, didn't know what to say. I have to say that this is not established for you probably like a good sense of what it's like to be in the working world. Like you're 13 or 14 and you're like, I guess bosses just call you like a piece of shit, like somewhat routinely. And this is kind of normal. And then I was like, do I quit? Like, do I stay? And I ended up just quitting just because I was like uncomfortable about it. And like, it was just like a, it was awkward. And then one of the other ladies who was super nice kept trying to like make me feel better and hug me. And I was like, it's Mm. A hug's not going to do it. No, a hug is not going to do like... it. Um, can you tell me how you actually quit, though, and did you reference the piece of shit incident? So I call. I remember I called, and I think I referenced it, because I don't think I would have just 
not given a reason. Well, that is a whopper of a story. <laughs> Someone should have sent grandma to management training. I'll tell you that right fucking now. Yeah. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Hero. Okay, so now we have the amazing Ami, um, who you may remember from such podcasts as... The Dolls episode, the Doll Tea the Party. Doll Tea Party. That's right. That's me. Hi. <laughs> you have come to us with a story about either quitting in a spectacular fashion or getting fired. Which do you have? It is kind of a little bit of both, I guess Ooh. I would say. Although I wish it was more spectacular. I'm not going to lie. Um, but so this job where it happened, I was working at Old Navy yes. when I was in high school. Of course you were. Yes, yeah. yes thank you. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Of course, right? Had to. Um, very excited when I got the job. Plus, it was like I'm making income besides just babysitting, and it was great. Um, started first day, hated my life. It was terrible. It was boring. I remember one of the managers um, showing me for like 20 minutes how to fold a t-shirt, and that I shit just... is. We need to pause there because that shit is no joke. I also worked in retail. You, you worked in retail for a bit. No, I um, didn't. I didn't. Saving the did world you... through theater. Oh, that's right. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Did you get the little like Pyrex board? Yes, I the was T-shirt just board. Say that. Yes, you yeah. have the. To... And that shit is like precise. I know. I know. And, and you, you have stack to them up. The and corners they... and everything. Yeah. So we sat there. She was showing me. I kept doing it. And she was like, "This isn't good enough." And I was like. <laughs> I'm ready to quit right now. Um, anyways, made it through. Made it through. Finally got those t-shirts done. Moved on to the cash wrap and the fitting room and all this stuff. Um, and I can't even remember how long it was now. I, it must have been a couple of months at least. But I was just not into it. Um, and obviously just not liking it. I was like, I need to quit. Like, this is not the place for me. Um, and so I told a friend of mine, I'm saying friend in quotes, people who can't see, um, that I was probably going to put my two weeks in, in a week or so. She was like, oh yeah, I know what you mean. Like, I feel the same way, all this stuff. Um, cut to that afternoon in my shift and she had told my boss that I was planning on quitting. What a snake. A work wife betrayal. Oh, a work wife betrayal. Good one. It was. I, I don't know if I fully recovered, honestly. Yeah. It was, it was really hard. <laughs> um, so anyway, she had told my boss, and he came up to me and was like, so, Ami, I heard you're uh, thinking about leaving. And I was totally caught off guard, didn't know what to say. So I was like, blurb, 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 like, <laughs> yeah, I'm really busy with school and, you know. And he's like, okay, well, then, you know, today can be your last day. You can, you can go clean out your locker and stuff. Clean out your locker. I mean, that's very final. He was serious. He meant business. But it was just almost funny. Like, I had to stop myself from laughing because it was very evident that he just wanted the power of telling me that I was leaving as opposed to... You can't break up with me because I'm breaking up with you. I'm breaking up with you. Exactly. Super mature. Um, So that was my last day. And I cruised off into the sunset in my 1992 Honda Accord and I looked back. I mean, I, I shudder to think that you really haven't recovered from the work-wife betrayal um, because I, I was going to ask you what you've learned, but I hope it's not that, like, you can't trust a wife anymore. No, no. I definitely don't think that at all. Um, but I do – I think it opened my eyes because I was kind of like, oh, in certain situations, people you might be friendly, cordial, get along with are not, you know, necessarily going to be your best friend. Like, your best friend really would be from – you know, your separate personal life. So I think more than anything, it was just kind of like an eye-opening experience that you could say something and think it's going to stay and that it's not, you know. Why do you think she told your boss? 
I have no idea. That's the thing that was so weird. Because when we would chat before, she would say a lot of the same things. That she didn't like it there. It was boring. It was like really lame. The customer sucked. Um, So I have no idea. I don't know if she wanted to maybe get on his good side or something like that. Because she ended up staying. I don't know how long. Um, But the other really, really, really weird thing is that her name was Amra. A-M-R-A. For some reason, she went by Ami. Which spelled it the same way as me. A-M-I. Um, and so she was like the first Ami I'd ever met in my entire life. And it was just like really weird because I also felt a special like bond with her because we had the same name. And I it was mean, so. Yeah. And now I feel like the betrayal for some reason is extra, is like worsened. Right. Exactly. And so now I'm like, you're giving us a bad rap. Like, <laughs> guys, don't worry if I meet you. Like, I'm the cool Ami. I'm like nice and chill and like loyal. Um, so yeah, I really do think the name thing was an extra just like. It's possible that she was also like. There can be only one army up in this business. Maybe. Maybe. I was here first. Yeah. She was driving she you She was there first, too. <laughs> We've unpacked it, guys. <laughs> you really have. That is great insight. <laughs> I've honestly never thought about that. But she totally was there way longer than I was. Ooh. She was threatened. She was threatened. Laurel, thank you for giving me that. Like The weight has just been yeah, lifted. It's been lifted off my shoulder. It's gone. That will be $250. <laughs> well, thank you very much for coming in. You're welcome. That. You're welcome. This is great. I feel like it was it was Close beneficial it. for me too. Yeah. Okay, so now we have a special guest who's joining us over here in our little huddled office area, um, Carolyn Solomon, mm-hmm. who actually used to work here at Glamour um, and has now moved on to make incredibly funny videos for Instagram and if you are not watching them you should. Welcome back to the Glamour Corner. Oh my gosh it is very surreal to be here. So we've established you create hilarious Instagram videos. Why don't you tell us um, what they are? So I basically make absurd makeup tutorials that are a reaction to how absurd makeup tutorials are. So like for ridiculous occasions like this is my like going to the gym and then you're gonna see your bae like makeup look and so I'm like how can I make that ridiculous and just play off of that so so I generally like cover my face in in clown paint on a on a regular basis that's that's what I've been up to now to brass tacks you have come here with either a great story about getting fired or quitting a job I I guess when I was at Glamour, I didn't really quit my job, but I I worked at Harper's Bazaar for like a minute because I was like, this is not the right fit. I don't want to write about beauty anymore. I don't want to write about like 10 ways to like make your nail polish dazzle your man. Like I'm, I was sick of writing about that um, and I really wanted to continue working on my Instagram and because I believed in it. I just decided to pursue that full time. So it's not the kind of thing where it's like, this is my day job. And then I do this on the side because it's so in opposition. Mm-hmm. So I think I had to just make a decision and decide like where I wanted to go. As somebody who then hadn't been working there very long, yes. how did that conversation go down? Um, I think it was less of a conversation and more of a like, it's mutually understood that this is not the right fit, I think. So it was more like a head nod and like a yeah this is yeah let's let's agree to just see you later sayonara I think I'm the kind of person where if I'm not fully invested in something and don't feel like passionate about it 
I will 150% check out, which is a good thing for some people. I mean, and a bad thing for other people. I mean, <laughs> I yeah, I think it's like, a good oh, thing it's a for good you, thing you and a bad thing, thing for everyone employer. else. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's maybe, I can't decide if it's, it's probably generally like a really bad thing. <laughs> like it's generally a really bad thing. But like, I admire people who like work in finance and they hate their lives, but they're like, they're sticking it out and they're like uh, sticking it. I'm like, that's so cool because I can't do that. I literally give up and I go home and I just like cry about it. So I think that's amazing. So what did you, in retrospect, like what things have you learned about like from that experience and making that decision to like, you sort of hinted at them, but I think what I've learned is that if you have like a little pet projecty thing that you're passionate about and you believe in it, um, then if you're going to pursue it and you have nothing else that you're doing, you really need to hustle. You got to hustle. You can't just like sit back because it's very easy if you have a nine to five job and a job that, you know, has benefits, et cetera, to just like go into work, do what's expected of you and then go home and then go to sleep. But if you have a job that is not part of a larger corporation and you're just like riding solo, you've got have to like, be your own you have to wear many hats as they say you have to be like your own sales rep you have to be your like PR person you have to wear tons of hats and you have to like hustle so if you want to do something that's like not in that's a little untraditional then you have to accept that it's a rocky road it's not like the way that you know you rise up in the ranks in publishing for instance mm-hmm. and you know what what it takes to get from point a to point b i don't necessarily know what it will take for me to get from point a to point b because also like what i'm doing is like very much like wild west okay and if folks want to find these amazing instagram videos tell them where to find them follow me at low cheekbones at instagram low cheekbones thanks so much for coming Thank back I am somewhat shocked at the amount of, like, residual bitterness from people's, like, high school, like, super young, 13, 14, 15, like, fallout from work. Well, and you realize how much that actually then shapes your opinion of work for life. You know, the, 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 the people even that we work with are secretly carrying around this weird thing that happened to them, like, seven or eight years ago. And now I'm like, oh, this says actually a lot more about you and now I kind of know a thing you know in how I engage with you on a day-to-day work there were a lot of air quotes in a lot of the descriptions of people sort of like she was my boss air quotes or like you know she thought she was a big deal air quotes you know there's there's just there is a lot of residual hostility towards these old bosses which kind of makes you freaked in a managerial position but that's okay I think the biggest thing that I have learned from this is that ending a job should be more like ending a relationship and that you should seek some closure to leave leaving without closure is giving you bad vibes for your working life for good true um and i i I swear a solemn oath that if we ever break up as work wives that i will not unsubscribe from any of your emails for like i don't know two three years okay and i i promise that if you tell me something in confidence i won't tell our boss (laughs) 